So, the first is Sarah Sadibus is the mitzvah of Anochi Hashem Elokech Hashem Tzitzicha Meretz Mitzrayim Beit Avadim. That's the first of the Diburim. Um, I assume I called it a mitzvah, but that itself is dependent on a big machlok of Rishonim. We're going to see. Uh, the Rambam counts Anochi, Anochi as the first, um, as a mitzvah, an independent mitzvah. He actually counts as the first of all the mitzvot of the Tariyag mitzvot. A mitzvah HaRishona. He had sivui, asher sivanu lamin helokut, rush namin sheyesham ila v'siba, hu poel lechol nimtzaot v'u amru amru yitbarach anochi Hashem elokach. As a mitzvah to, we commanded to believe in a kodesh baruch to believe that there exists this sort of prime cause which is Hashem, um, and that's what the first of the dibburim mean. Um, now, it's somewhat surprising because if you read the words. There's no command in the first Dibu, in the first Dibu. It just says, Hashem says, announces, I am, I am a Kaddish Baruch, I am the Lord your God. Um, apparently, the Ramam assumes that if a Kaddish Baruch tells you something is true, then, then there's a mitzvah to, to believe in it. Otherwise, why did a Kaddish Baruch tell you? I told you it's true, because then you have to go ahead and believe in it. Uh, how the Ramam really knows the mitzvah? So the Ramam goes on and quotes the Gemara in Makot. Um, which is actually, funnily enough, the source of the concept of 613 mitzvahs. We always talk about 613. There aren't many sources for the idea. And this Gemara Makot is one of the sources. Darash Rebbe Simlai. Sheish Meot Veshesh Esrei Mitzvot Nemru Lemoshe Misenai. Nemru There were 613 mitzvot. Shlosh Meot Veshishim Vechamesh Lavim Kaminyan Imot Chama. 365, parallel to 365 days. 365 Lotas says. Umatayim ba'arbe mushmone asay and 248 positives connected evarav shiladam, the limbs of a person's body. Amarav hamnuna, Ravnuna says, well, what's the source for this idea of 613 mitzvot? My cry was the pasuk, Torah tseba Torah, so Moshe gave us the Torah. Torah begematria shit meyav achad sari havi is only 611. Right? Anochi velayelacha mipiagvur shamnun. The first two of the Dibrot uh, were given from Hashem, plus the 611 from Moshe Rabbeinu, grand total of 613. Okay, so that's the source. This is the source, the idea of 613. Um, but what's interesting here is the Gemara assumes that Anochi and Loyelacha are mitzvot. They are the first two Dibur that were given by Hashem, and apparently each one of them is a mitzvah, and that the Rambam says is the proof. That even though the Pasuk doesn't formulate it as a mitzvah, but it is a mitzvah. That's the mitzvah to believe in Hashem. Okay, that's Sutas Haramba. We have to understand that as well. Um, the Bahag, Bahag wrote a Sefra mitzvot uh, much some time before the Rambam. And uh, for a large, large extent, part of the reason the Rambam wrote the Sefra mitzvot, his Sefra mitzvot, was to argue on many of the claims of the Bahag. And if you look throughout the mini of the Bahag, he doesn't bring any mitzvah to believe in Hashem. It doesn't appear. So I can't quote the Bahag. What I can do is quote the Rambam. The Rambam, on the Rambam, quotes that the Bahag left out the mitzvah to believe in Hashem and, and explains why. He says there's no way that the mitzvah of believing in Hashem can be one of the Tariyak mitzvot. He says like this. Vim kozeh, Rambam, the Hasakat Haramban on the Sefer Mitzvot. Im Kozer, Reiti Lebal Alachot, Ayla Bahag, 
שלא ימנה אותה מצווה בכלל תייג. It's not one of the תייג מצוות. ונראה מדעתו, רוצים לקרוא לזה בהאג, מדעתו של בעל ההלכות, שאין מניין תייג מצוות, אלא גזירותיו יתעלה, שגזר עלינו לעשות או מנענו שלא נעשה. Right? What are תייג מצוות? What are מצוות? It's the things you have to do. Gezeirot from Hashem, things that we need to do in this world. So the things you need to do and the things you shouldn't do. Aval ha'emuna b'tmitziyoto yitale, believing in Hashem. Sh'odiyota elenu ba'otot moftim v'galui ha'shchina leinenu hu ha'ikar v'ashoresh sh'mimenu nordu ha'mitzvot lo'yimenei b'cheshbona. So believing in Hashem, it's an ikar. It's so basic, you can't count it as one of the 613 mitzvot because it, it comes before the 613 mitzvot. So it's not right to call it a mitzvah bichlal. It's more basic than the rest. And therefore he wouldn't list it as one of the 613. And he carries on the Ramban here and quotes the Midrash of a melech who turned up in town. wasn't a melech. A wise man who turned up in the town. And the uh, townspeople realized he was very wise. He said, okay, give us many rules about how to live a good and uh, wholesome life. So he was a wise man. He said, no, I won't do it. First, accept me as a melech. And once you accept my authority, then, then I can go ahead and tell you what to do. Because unless I have authority, so you don't listen to part of what I do, and it's other things of what I do, and then it won't work. So the Raman says, it's the same thing with believing in Hashem. First, you have to believe in Hashem, accept Hashem's authority, the first stage. And once, once you got over a moon of Hashem, then the rest of the Tariya, the mitzvot, can flow. But it's not just one of the 630 mitzvot, it's, it's something more basic. That is the opinion of the Bahag. The Rambam, though, didn't go like that. The Rambam really does count it as one of the mitzvahs. It's true, he counts it as the first mitzvah. But nevertheless, he thinks it's a mitzvah. It's not just a prerequisite to all the mitzvahs, it's one of the mitzvot. So it may be formulated like this. Uh, I think I heard once the name of the Rav, this is how he formulated it. According to the Bahag, basically, mitzvah munah Hashem is a heksha mitzvah. It's one of those things you have to do before you can get to the rest of the mitzvahs. It's more basic and comes first. It's a heksha mitzvah, like you can't build a sukkah. You can't do the mitzvah of sukkah unless you built a sukkah. Uh, so you can't do the mitzvahs unless you believe in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So it's, a, it's, it's not a heksha mitzvah like sukkah, which isn't really important. It's a very, very important heksha because it's the prerequisite for all the mitzvahs. But you have to do it. Um, but it's not one of the mitzvahs. Whereas the Rambam really thinks this is a mitzvah. Which means there's something to do. You have to do it. Um, now, so, notwithstanding, the Bahag has a, if you like, a kasher on the Rambam. How can you list it as a mitzvah? It's so basic. There are many other kashers on the Rambam, which are more philosophical kashers that the Bali Machshava asked. For example, the Chesley Kreska says, what do you mean you can have a mitzvah to believe in something? Right? What's the point of this mitzvah? If you believe in the Kodesh Baruch Hu, then, then you don't need the mitzvah. And if you don't believe in Hashem, then, then giving you a mitzvah to believe in Hashem won't help. How can you command somebody to believe in something? That's one, one kasha. Now the truth is that kasha can overcome. You can talk about how a person can really decide to convince himself to believe in something. It's possible to get over that kasha. But anyway, that's one kasha they ask on the Rambam. How can you command somebody to believe in something? Fine. But then there's a, there's a twist. The, uh, the Ababinel asks it even better. He says, how can the commander command you to believe in himself. Even if you can get over the idea that oh, maybe you can convince yourself of something and be told you should believe in something and you, and you accept it. But the commander himself can't command you to believe in him because if you accept the commander exists, then 
then he then he doesn't need to command you anymore. And if you don't accept the commander exists, then then he can't command you because he doesn't exist. Or you don't believe he exists. So it's totally circular. So how on earth can there even be a mitzvah to believe in the Kaddish Baruch So number one, you've got the Kasha of the Bahag, it's too basic to cancel a mitzvah. And then you've got the philosophical Kasha, it doesn't make any sense, there's nothing to do here. Either you've already done it, and you don't need it. And if you haven't done it, then it doesn't even make sense for a Kaddish Baruch to command you. That's the basic Kasha on the Rambam. So what I want to try and understand, try and break down this mitzvah of of Edmund of Hashem, and understand why these Kasha are not really Kasha on the Rambam, and, and what really is the mitzvah of Edmund of Hashem. So to do that, we need to take a sidestep and discuss another topic, which is Yugemul Ikarin. The Raman beginning of Perish Mishnayas to Perak Chelek, intense Perak of Sanhedrin, lists us all the Ikari Emunah. Thirteen things we have to believe. And he says, if a person doesn't believe this, he doesn't get Olam Abba. The thirteen basic principles, basic tenets of, of the whole of Yiddishkeit. And you have to believe every single one, or, or you don't get Olam Abba Bichlam. And uh, you know, you're all, we're all familiar with these things. Uh, to believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to believe that uh, he's one, to, that he has no guf, that he's uh, eternal, and he carries on. He talks uh, that you shouldn't do Abba Dazara. And we talk about Nevoah. There is Nevoah. Nevoah's Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest. There's Torah in Hashemayim, that uh, the Torah is eternal. And then we talk about Schav uh, Onesh, that Kaddish Baruch Hu knows what man does. And there'll be a Schav Onesh, and Yimosa Mashiach, Tchiyas Amesim. Raman basically goes through the basic principles which we need to believe in order to have Bizoche, if we want base, without which we can't be Zoche to So that was the Raman's list. Why the Raman writes such a list? Well, historically, you know, at that point in time, each of the religions were trying to formulate what was essential, what was true about their religion. So uh, it was important for us to do it as well, and the Rambam did. The Rambam wasn't the only person who did it. Many other Rishonim, and later to all the early Achronim, discussed these questions. What are the essential beliefs of, of Yiddishkeit? So the Rambam got attacked on two fronts. Some people attacked the Rambam for taking 13, only 13, limiting Torah to just 13 principles. If you have a look at the Radvaz, and uh, the truth is, the Radvaz claim already comes from uh, before, beforehand. Rashamana has this that uh, he says, What are you talking about? How can you limit Torah to just 13 principles? If anything in the Torah, the Torah says is true, and you don't believe it, then you're happy chorus. Like, well, why just, just these 13 things? The whole of the Torah is true. You can't limit it to 13. So that was one front in which the Raman was attacked. The other front the Raman was attacked was writing too many principles. Right, the Sefer Karim, uh, Yosef Alba, the Sefer Karim lists not 13 principles, but just three. Have a look at the results of Alba. Aikarim, Hakolalim, Vachrechiim, Ladat Elokit, Him Shloshah. There are only really three basic principles of, uh, of, of divine religion, and they are Metziot Hashem to believe in the Kodesh Baruch's existence. Hashkacha l'schava onesh, reward and punishment, the Torah minashamai. Um, that according to the Rambam, that according to the Sefer Karim, are the three principles. Um, now the truth is, there isn't really that much of a machlokes between the Sefer Karim and the Rambam. There are various distinctions, which if you learn the principles very, very well, 
you can point out. But the Gadol, there aren't really, there isn't really a Machlekes here. The Machlekes is only a question of how do you list them? Do you list them as 13 different things or you list them as three? How can you list 13 as just three? So if you carry on the separate Karim, he explains. Tachat kol the Sifim, under each one of these three categories, Mishtargim it asvim in there are many other sub principles. And the idea that God exists, you have to know that He's eternal and uh, He came before everything and all the other similar ideas about God's existence. is the concept that God knows what man's doing. Each one of these principles are sub principles. But basically, by the time you finish the Sefer Ikarim, he looks very similar to the, to the Rambam. There's always very little distinction between the two of them. So what's the real machlokes between the Rambam and the Sefer Ikarim? It's just a question of how you list things. Do I want to enlist all 13 principles explicitly as a list of 13 things you need to believe? Or is it enough to just write three? And once I've written three... And then I'll explain to you, uh, philosophically, each of these three, if you really want to know what Nisiyas Hashem is, so there's certain things that define what Hashem is, and you'll have to explain various other things as well. But it's, it's a belief in the Kodesh Baruch. Right? And uh, yes, the Rambam writes five different things. They're all included in uh, what the Sefer Karim holds as one. Tough. In other words, the Sefer Karim is writing a list which you have to be philosophically sophisticated to really appreciate what's going on in each one. Whereas the Rambam's list is explicit. Just read them and you'll know what you have to believe. And the question is, why Why did they write their list differently? Rambam's always writing an explicit list that anyone can read. And the Sefer Karim is writing a, a list which is very precise, but also very only for somebody who's philosophically sophisticated to be able to develop and understand what's going on. So to explain that Machlokas, we need to see one more Machlokas. And this is a very, very famous Machlokas between the Rambam and the Ravid. About what happens if you have somebody who, not due to their own fault, doesn't believe in one of the Yudgi Milakarim. So the Rambam in Hilchot lists, basically goes through all the Yudgi Milakarim, breaks them up in different categories, says somebody doesn't believe in one of the uh, basic principles, is an Apikoros or a Min, is various different terms, um, he's a Koifer, but it's various different terms, uh, depending on which of the Akarim you, you reject. But it's very clear, the Raman says it categorically. If one of these things you don't believe in, you fall into the category of an Apikoros. No excuses, no justifications. Comes along the Ravid and said, that's not very fair. The Ravid says, the he talks about the, uh, the Raman says, that somebody who believes that Kosh Baruch has a guf, has a physical form, Ram says he's an apicorus. Anyone, anyone who thinks God has a physical form, he's an apicorus. Comes on the right, he says, I understand. Lama karal is a min. Why is this guy called an apicorus? That's not fair. The kama gedolim v'tovim mimenu. Halchu b'zoa machshava. V'imashu u b'mikraot. V'yotem imashu b'divrei agadot. M'shab shot et adat. Et adayot. Says the Ravid, there are many people, it's an interesting phrase in the Ravid, Kama Gadolim Atovim Imenu. He means Gadolim Atovim from myself or people greater than the Rambam. It's an old uh, discussion. But um, 
the Ravid says there were many great people who read Tanakh. And they read the Agadotot in the Gemara. And if you read Tanakh, and you read the Agadotot, you sing her, Anim Zemirot and Shabbos, you will very likely think that Hashem has a goof. You think has a Yad, is a Yad Chazakah, and a Zroah, and a Tuyah. Right? And he has a head, because, you know, he wears tefillin, and he's an Af. A Koshbaru has a goof. He's described throughout Tanakh as having a goof. So, somebody could be a good from Jew. Say, oh, the Tanakh, that's the book of uh, the Jews. Let me read it. And I'll believe everything that Tanakh says, and I'll believe everything the Gemara says, and he comes to the conclusion that Koshbaru has a goof. And you're going to tell me this person is an Apikoros? He's trying to be a good Jew. It's not his fault. Apparently, the Raman holds. It's true it's not his fault. What can he do? He didn't get a good education. He just worked it out by reading uh, the Svarim. And he didn't really have someone to explain to him the truth. So he made a mistake. So Reb Chaim explained the, the formulation like this. Reb Chaim Vasman brings the Kobitz uh, Mamarim from Reb Chaim. That the Yisodom Achlaikis here is, is about a Nebuch Akrikoros. Reb Chaim said about the Rambam, say it in Yiddish, a Nebuch Apikoros is an Apikoros. Which translates in English as a Nebuch Apikoros is a Apikoros. Nebuch, what can he do? What can he do? It's not his fault. He's still an Apikoros. Whereas the Ravid in the case of Mishnah brings the Sefer Karim agrees to this point. Well, it's not true. To be an Apikoros, you have to be aware of these principles. Be aware that this is what Yiddishkeit tells us is true. And, and then reject. But if you make an honest mistake, you're a Nebuch Apikoros, we're not going to call you an Apikoros. We're not going to tell you you're a terrible person. We're not going to deny you Alam Haba. But the Ramahel, no. The Akarim here are, are, are so fundamental that unless, unless you believe in all 13, you simply can't get Olam Haba. Well, what's, what's Reb Chaim really mean? What's the Rambam really mean? Rambam is something very fundamental here. The, for the Rambam, the basic principles are things you need to accept because without accepting them, without having that as the framework in which you exist, you simply don't exist in a context which can allow you to move forward. If a person wants to keep Torah mitzvot, he wants to... In order to be able, not just want to, but in order to be able to, to, uh, to move forward in Torah mitzvot, he has to have a basic foundation of beliefs, which without those, there isn't meaning to what he's doing. So if he doesn't believe Torah is minashamayim, he can shake a lulav all he likes, but he hasn't got the context in which shaking a lulav can have meaning. He can't connect to Alam he isn't a Ben Olam Abba. Ben Olam Abba means somebody who could get Olam Abba. But to do that, you need a basic list of basic beliefs, which without, without those, you simply don't have the framework that can allow you to move forward. Right, let's say somebody wants to... Uh, somebody's trying to get from one side of the country to the other. Right? And through no fault of his own, his car breaks down. So it's Nebuch. He doesn't have a car. But even though it's no fault of his own, he still won't get to the other side of the country. Sometimes you, it's not your fault, but nevertheless you lack the ability to go forward. So too people who misunderstood or if it's no fault of their own didn't believe in one of these 13 principles. There's nothing they can do. 
Basically, for the Rambam, what we would call axioms. These are basic axioms of Yiddishkeit. These are 13 axioms, which you need each one to give Torah meaning. If you don't believe in the Kodesh Baruch and various aspects of Hashem, so Torah, Yiddishkeit, the world, and that meaning. If you don't believe in uh, Torah, and Hashemayim, and, and everything that that means, if you have to believe in Nevoos Moshe Rabbeinu, etc., so what you're doing doesn't have meaning. If you don't believe that the concept of Koshman knows what you're doing and Shrava Onesh and there's an ultimate goal to the world, Chiyas Amesim. So you're not part of the framework that allows you to connect to, to the rest of Torah. What did Rav Yosef Albo and the Rivet hold? So apparently they don't agree to this. They think, no, a good Jew means somebody who submits to a Kaddish Baruch. You made a philosophical mistake about the nature of Hashem. Okay, it's not right. That you, that you still accept that you should be an Eved Hashem? Okay. So uh, you get mitzvahs, you're still trying to do mitzvahs, you're still trying to do the right thing, you're still trying to connect to Hashem. That's sufficient, that's all we ask. So, so why did Rav Yosef Alba write a sefer called the Karim? if you don't need to believe these things? You do, I mean, they're, they're true. But like, who needs to believe this? Who, what, what was he doing? He was trying to boil down Yiddishkeit into its essential philosophical essence. The Yud Gimel, the, the Akarim, according to the Sefer Akarim, it's a philosophical work. When I look at Yiddishkeit, there's lots and lots of things we believe, lots of things that it says in the Torah. But what is the, the crux? What is the core, the essential core, if I boil it down, the philosophical root of everything else? It's a philosophical exercise. And therefore, I don't want to stop when I get to 13. I want to go down and down and get to the heart and say, actually, I can break it down to three different areas. Now, each of these three areas has various different points in as well. But all of this is a philosophical exercise to know what's the real root of, of Yiddishkeit. And the Sefer Karim is a book, a philosophy. Somebody wants to learn Jewish philosophy, so they'll open the Sefer Karim. But if you don't want to learn Jewish philosophy, okay, so a good average Jew, he believes in the Torah, he believes in Hashem, and uh, hopefully he'll be educated to believe in the correct things. And if he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But they're not the, like the Rama holds his mom the basis, which without which you don't have the context that gives mean, any meaning to the whole of Torah. So this fundamental difference to understand the, the principles, the Akarim, um, explains numerous things here. So first of all, um, who needs to really learn these things? Right, number one, we just pointed out. According to the Rambam, who needs to learn the Sefer Karim? No, Sefer Who needs to learn the Yogi Karim? Everyone. Every single Jew. You can't have a Jew that doesn't know the Sefer Karim. The first thing you need to learn. Whereas, according to the Rav Yosef Alba and the Ravid, okay, once you're philosophically sophisticated, so now it's time to try and work out what's the essence of Yiddishkeit. Trying to compare what, is, what do we think versus what do other people in you know, other religions think. Okay, so you'll learn the Sefer Karim. Number two, how will you list them? The Rambam, as the Grizz explains, the Rambam lists explicitly. So there's no room for mistake. Don't just tell me you believe in God. Tell me you have to believe that he's the prime cause of the whole world, that he's eternal, that uh, he has no goof. You have to explicitly state each part of the Ikar because it's for Hamonam. It's for every single Jew so he doesn't make a mistake. You make one mistake in one of those things so, so you, you've lost the whole plot. Whereas for the Sefer Karim, he doesn't need to list 13 explicit things. He, he, he's trying to boil it down into philosophical essence. So he breaks it down into three. And the third enough community is this point which everything's based on is what I don't believe. Because the Rambam, it's, it's critical. 
Of the Sefer Karim, okay, you can be forgiven. I might even add, that's why the Sefer Karim is a separate book. It's a book of philosophy. Whereas, where did the, where did the Rambam write this? In his Perish Mishnayat, which is the book for the Hamon Am. So, we have really here a fundamental difference between the concept of Ikarim, uh, between the, the various different Bali Machshava. If we go with the Rambam, but these things are essential, they're axiomatic. You just have to accept them. So then, let's ask the next question. According to Rambam, you have to believe in the Yudgir Karim. But, but is it a mitzvah to believe in the Yudgir Karim, or is this something you have to do? See, if you go down the list of the Akarim, it seems very clear the Rambam does not say there's a mitzvah to believe in things. things. There's no mitzvah in the Torah to believe in the Vos Moshe Rabbeinu. If you don't, so none of the Torah has meaning. You haven't got the context, you don't exist within the framework that the rest of the Torah has meaning. But there's no specific mitzvah to believe that Moshe Rabbeinu's Nevoah is the greatest Nevoah in history, and future for the whole of history. And there's no mitzvah in the Torah to believe in Tchiyas HaMesim, or in Mashiach. There's no mitzvah. But it's, like, it's essential, there's no mitzvah. With the exception of the first five. If you go down the list, the Rambam lists the mitzvah of believing in Hashem, and His oneness, and rejecting His corporality, and eternality, and rejecting Abu Dazra. All these things the Rambam has as part of the mitzvot connected to believing in Hashem. In other the Rambam himself seems to break down the 13 Ikarim into two categories. The first five are not just Ikarim, they're also mitzvot. The rest are axioms. You have to believe in them, but they're not a mitzvah. Now, what's the difference? Why do the first five get to become a mitzvah and the rest of them get left as axioms? So here I think is the root, the source, the, the solution to everything. The, the first, believe, it doesn't really make any difference to me whether I believe in the Vos Moshe Rabbeinu or not. But it is, because without the context, then, then there's no meaning to Torah. But it's not something that I need to work on and deepen and feel in my kishkas. It's something that I need to accept. Because if I don't accept the Vos Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest Nebuah of all time, then I don't have access to the rest of Torah, the rest of Yiddishkeit. It's something I have to accept. But it's not something that I really need to work on, that I need to do and deepen. The exception to all of that, the same with Mashiach. Rambam writes, ah, it's not going to, you know, it's not, you'd have to like spend your whole life trying to work out and deepen your emunah in Mashiach. It's something you have to believe will happen in order to have, exist within the framework. But the first five, which is about our knowledge and understanding of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there's a massive difference between simply accepting it's true that a Kodesh Baruch Hu exists and working on it and deepening it and, and, and feeling it to the point that it's, you know, it's part of your kishkas. And here's the difference between the two different types of Ikarim. The first five aren't just an Ikar, they're a mitzvah because there's something to do. But now, if that's true, have a look, for example... Have a look at the uh, the Sefer Achinuch, right? Inyan ha'emunahu shikba benafsho shemet kain. You have to like root in your in your soul, right? Feel it in your kishkas shemet kain that it's true. Sheir shachiluf zeh b'shum panim that there's nothing other than a kodesh baruch. It's not simply to accept the fact. 
It's to work on that factor, feel it and deepen it. Now if that's true, let me just go backwards for a second. What the Rambam is really saying is there are two dinim in in Emunah Bashem. There's a basic level of, of Emunah Bashem, which is one of the Yud Kimilakarim. And as one of the Yud Kimilakarim, it's a basic level. It's just accepting a certain fact is true. And then there's a second level, which is not just one of the Yud Kimilakarim, it's also one of the mitzvot of the Torah. And as one of the mitzvot of the Torah, it's not just about accepting it's a fact that it's true, but actually working on it and deepening it is something to do. Very, very clear in the Rambam. The Rambam begins Yisodei Torah and says, Halach Aleph is a fact. Yisod ha-yisod ha-tamud ha-chmot leida sheisham metsui rishon. The most basic principle is to know knowledge of a fact that Kodesh Baruch Hu exists. But then he moves on and he says, Yediyat devazem mitzvah taseh and the knowledge of this fact is actually a mitzvah. And he says and uh, goes on to talk about how Moshe Rabbeinu struggled with this mitzvah to get to, uh, he desperately wanted to reach the highest levels of knowing a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And describes how Halacha Yud here, how he tried to really be, to get to that point so that no man could really achieve of really knowing who Hashem is. There's a basic level, knowledge of a fact. And then there's working and deepening that knowledge. And that's the mitzvah. There's the Ikah, the knowledge of the fact, and the mitzvah, which is to work on it. The Chinuch as well describes in a person, I'll read the end of the Chinuch here. He says, uh, when a person really works on it, When a person gets to the point where he, he can't imagine anything else, Then he gets the highest madrega, not just a regular mitzvah, the mitzvah min ha So that, that's really what the Rambam's doing. The Rambam is trying to tell us that the mitzvah of Munah Hashem is not simply to accept the fact of God's Baruch's existence, but to then turn that fact into deeply entrenched awareness, constant, clear awareness that Kodesh Baruch's knowledge of his existence is part of your daily life. And there's, there's, way, there's something to do for that. The, uh, if we go back to the Chinuch, the Chinuch describes how do you do this mitzvah? He says, Im Yushalalav. If the person would ask this person, he would answer, Yeshiv Lachol Shoel, he would ask anyone who asked him, Sejayamin Belibo, Libo, this is what she believes in. Even if they threaten to kill him, he will never deny a Kodesh Baruch's existence. She calls there by doing so, by constantly verbalizing his belief in Hashem. When a person explicitly states with his mouth, vocally, that he believes in Hashem and refuses under any circumstances to say anything else, that entrenches the acceptance of a fact as part of something that really becomes part of his life. There's something to do. Um, when he managed to go higher and higher, so that's the mitzvah So with this, we can go back to our original question and the questions of the Rishonim on the Rambam. Why is the Rambam Mitzvah a mitzvah? And what's the philosoph- philosophical uh, justification for doing so? It makes perfect sense. The Rambam agrees to the Bahag. Believing in Hashem is a heksha mitzvah to everything. But which level of belief in Hashem? The basic level, which is an ikar, ikar emunah. One of the thirteen. 
That level, it's not a mitzvah. That's a hechshem. It's a basic requirement before you even begin the mitzvah. How do you get to that level of money? You just have to accept it. Can anyone command you to do it? It's impossible. You either believe it or you don't believe it. And certainly the commander can't command you to believe in himself. Because that's just the basic level, the basic acceptance of the fact that Kodesh Baruch existed. No amount of proofs, no nothing's going to convince you. Either you accept it or you don't. You have to take, if you like, a leap of faith or a small pigeon step of faith. It's very rational to believe in a Kodesh Baruch Hu. But you have to make that jump and accept a Kodesh Baruch Hu exists. And that's true of all the 13 principles. The person just needs to accept. Why did he accept? There can be many reasons. But he needs to accept. And no one can command you to accept. It doesn't work like that. But once you accept, it's true. Now you're in a place where Kodesh Baruch Hu can command you. Because you believe a Kodesh Baruch Hu exists. And what does he command you to do? Don't just believe I exist. Take that belief and deepen it and entrench it and there's something to do. So the Ramam holds it's number one on the Ikarim, like the Bahagiz Hashem Mitzvah, but also it's an independent mitzvah, meaning that there's something to do, there's something to work on, and, and then all the kashas of Rishon don't exist. How can the commander command you to believe in himself? No problem, because you've already accepted that Kodesh Baruch Hu exists. The mitzvah is now, now you accept I exist, deepen your emunah. And Mela, the Rambam, uh, really demonstrates uh, the mitzvah of emunah. Kosh Baruch Hu introduced himself, Anuchi Hashem Elokecha. When he introduced him, what he's saying is, turn me into your Kosh Baruch Hu. Turn me into your God, deepen it, make that an existential awareness in every aspect of your life that I exist. Okay?